Welcome to the Guitar Dads Podcast, the podcast for Guitar Dads by Guitar Dads. This week, Dave goes to the dark side while Matt sings the blues, Sweden turning up the heat, and it's always worth two in the bush. Everything's zen this week on the Guitar Dads Podcast. Now, Machine Head and the guy Gwen Stefani never married, Matt and Dave. I <laughs> know she didn't. Hello, everybody. I'm Matt. And I'm Dave, and welcome to the pod, everybody. Welcome, welcome back to the podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Yes, we, yeah, we definitely appreciate all you dudes out there and, and ladies out there listening to us. We are uh, we, we appreciate your comments on uh, Instagram and, and uh, the, those of you who have joined our Facebook group at Guitar Dads Podcast, find us on Facebook. We will let you in. No questions asked. No questions asked. Come on in. Say hi. Give us your two cents worth. Or, or three say, cents worth. Or three cents. Or as they say in the UK, two pence worth. Two pence worth. Yes. So, yeah. So, you know, tell us what's up and we'd love to hear from you and, you know, hear your ideas, hear your reactions, the crazy stuff we say. Yeah. And um, yeah. And thank you. Thank you for participating in that group. All of you who are all and of our listeners out there participating in that group. Thank you so much. Yeah. We appreciate you guys. Definitely. Because you guys are the ones driving this thing. We're really having a good time riding the train. So uh, also check us out on Instagram at guitar dads pod. And uh, we are posting things constantly over there. So uh, yeah, we hope you, you, we hope you enjoy the content. If you do, please comment. Definitely uh, follow us, subscribe, all that fun stuff, because it really helps us out and, um, you know, takes this thing to another level, which we're really enjoying. So uh, yeah. because it's all it's all really about you guys. So, yeah, 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 yeah. let's get into it. What are we mm-hmm. talking about this week? I think we're going to get right into one of our main topics this week, Dave, which is going to be whatever happened to. Oh yes, whatever happened to you kind of alluded to it. This is a this is a segment that we like to do here and there on the podcast. You saw you guys seem to like it. If you have any ideas for bands that you want to hear what happened to, whatever happened to, uh, shout it out. But this week we're going to talk about the famous kind of I don't know if we call them post grunge. What 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 genre? You could say they're like kind of like grunge post grunge, but real quick, yes, real quick. I just want to shout out another uh, quick another quick segment that we always do is uh, bands you should be listening to in this week's oh, band. Yes. Sorry, I called... jumped the gun, Dave. You jumped <laughs> the gun, man. I totally hey, did. It, this is what happens, you know. When I don't have the uh, notes right in front of me, I get all screwed yep. up. So before we get to that, I didn't even name the band yet. Before we get to that, that was a teaser. Yeah, that little teaser. Dave will tell you about a band to listen to. We're going to go to break. When we come back from break, we'll talk about this band <laughs> that Matt just teased. Uh, but no, check this band out, Degreed. Like degree at a D, and they are uh, a rock band out of Sweden. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there you go. Uh, uh, well, always good so to add funny. a D. It's always good. To add. <laughs> always great. To uh, add a D. We're so childish, uh, you know. We are totally In the end, dads are just childish. So yes, I mean that's that's what we do. We just <laughs> men never. I don't think men ever really mature. No. 
No, I mean, we're, we're, <laughs> maybe some men do, but not us. I guess. <laughs> um, but anyway, these these guys are out of Sweden. I think Sweden puts out a lot of cool rock. Of course, um, yeah, yeah. And the they Swedish uh, chainsaw. They, Everybody knows about <laughs> the Swedish chainsaw sound, which was the um, um, the the famous boss uh, pedal. Anyway, go ahead. Yeah, uh, <laughs> the metal like, zone. Caught me anyway. off guard. The metal <laughs> zone. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they, I think they were formed in 2005. So they've been around a while, but I, I hadn't heard of them uh, until recently. And I've, I've been listening to them. And they're really cool. Nice. Um, nice I guess dude. you kind of just, they are described uh, as like a melodic kind of hard rock. Um, yeah, but check them out. They got, they got a lot of stuff out there. Check them out, you know, wherever, wherever you stream music. But I, I yes, did listen, I listened to one of the tracks and it is, it is, it's, it's definitely heavier than most of the bands that we refer to you all, but you know, as this group expands, as you know, we're kind of expanding our horizons as well. So we get into some more aggressive stuff. These guys are definitely a little more aggressive, but they're great. Like if you're into that kind of stuff, go go check them out. Yeah. All right. So let's move on. Who were uh, you were uh, you were alluding to a band? Yeah. That we so we're going to talk band, about tonight. So the band is what is it, Dave Bush? Bush. Gavin Rosdale on the game gang. <laughs> Well, kind of the new gang since yeah. uh, since 2010. It's not the original members. It's just pretty much, uh, you know, Gavin's the only original. But uh, oh, I mean, is that, like, okay, you so think, there you go. So that's what happened to him. There you go. But everybody remembers. Does everybody remember this band? So they had a, a string of hits in the late 90s. That's why I said, you know, they're really kind of a post-grungy band. They actually, started, they actually started in the, the earlier 90s. They really yes. formed in 92. But they, right. I mean, when did the big album come out, Dave? I'm looking, I'm looking, I'm looking. Uh, 16 Stone came out in 94. So that's pretty much heavily in the grunge era. That is in the um, grunge era. They, yeah, these so, were one of my favorite bands back then. I mean, yeah. I remember that, that they had some really good stuff. I, I, I mean, 16 Stone, I think, is like, is like, uh, like an iconic uh, album from that era. Um, and I just think... Their sound overall was they they really were one of my I mean I think if you, you can't really put them up there with some of the, like the, the the bigger grunge but like you certainly not like the Nirvanas of the world or like the you know the Smashing Pumpkins but Bush was back then they were still pretty big you know pre- I mean look so I, I'm gonna read off Wikipedia to all of you which is always you know it's riveting but it's kind of exciting actually because because um, you caught me in another slip again. <laughs> <laughs> You know, 16 Stone peaked at number four on the Billboard 200 charts. That's pretty impressive. They, it had two top 40 singles, which was Come Down and Glycerine. Those are great songs. I don't want Those to come back songs. down from this cloud. This is the uh, segment of the show where Matt sings. And then uh, Glycerine. Glycerine, not Vaseline. That's, was this <laughs> that's, that's an STP song. <laughs> STP song. Somewhere in the Vaseline. No, that's different stuff. So just, just in case you forgot those songs, um, I reminded you of them. But th- those were the big hits. And then additionally off that album was the um, Little Things. I don't remember Little Things. What was that song, Dave? You don't remember? Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't think I could sing that because I don't really want to yeah. sing to our audience. Oh, you don't? Because I like can't I, sing. You're just not ashamed. You're, you're I, not as... um. No, I am ashamed. And, and so, yeah, I, I will not sing 
But yeah, I do remember that song. But then the other one was got a machine head. That was a Correct. good one. Yeah, that was a good one. So anyway, so so that was basically the big album that came out in 94. It kind of hit throughout that whole kind of height of the grunge um 94 and then they put out their next album in 1990 1990 what um 1996 six yeah 1996 which was razor blade uh, suitcase oh i you know what i that was good yeah yeah that was very good i remember at, at the time uh, going to, I think it was a Sam Goody. It must have been like a Sam Goody or a Tower Records. Oh, totally. Old enough, yeah. If you listen to this podcast and you're old enough to remember, like you know, CD stores, oh like yeah, Tower Sam and Sam Goody. Yep. I remember the the. I think I went the day that that was released and went and bought that. I was I I really I did actually really like push back then. Yep. Yep. Um. Yeah. The big. What was the big song off of Razorblade Suitcase? Swallowed. Swallowed. Yes, yeah, so I will. That, I can. I will not sing that. Yeah, either. can you sing that one for me? That one doesn't pop in my head immediately either. But I kind of right. I, I bet if you like played it for swallowed, me, swallowed, hollowed, something like that. Yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm not gonna sing it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I think I. Oh, you want you want everybody to just like you know click off this podcast right and then, now and I, then fine, um, I'll sing it. Yeah, and then there was greedy fly was another greedy one fly. Yes, that was off there. Yep. Um, so um, yeah. Anyway, um. It was, yeah, it was you know, it album. was a pretty moderately successful album, actually. That uh, was the second album they had, and um, but you know, I think it never really lived up to the hype um, that their first album did with that kind of string of hits. But you know, they they still remained, you know, pretty he- heavily in the scene. Um, oh no, they absolutely did. Yeah, you know, with that. So and Gavin was always making headlines because with uh, Gwen Stefani, because the two of them were married, and then they, of course they divorced. I forget what year they divorced. But oh, that that's was- right. Yeah, that was always like the gossip out there with the two of them. Yeah. Um, you know, and I always felt like, you know, in terms of like a British grunge bands, because it was always like so it was Bush. Right. And then the big, the other big British band back then was uh, Oasis. You know, and I felt right. like the two of them were kind of like not going at it. But in terms of like where British grunge, where that where that was at the time, those are the two bands, out of, you know, out of that area of the world. Yeah, yeah, no, you're right. And, um, you know, I would argue that, you know, these guys were more heavily into the grunge than they were into the I would call again, we don't love to label everything, but just for like ease of discussing like what was going on. Um, you know, I would put Oasis pretty high into that Brit Brit pop explosion that happened yeah, 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 in yeah, the 90s, yeah. right? Oasis were the kings of that. So these guys were kind of different. But I, I agree with you, Dave, like in terms of like, because because Bush, you know, obviously grunge was not. um so it wasn't really a European thing. It really was out of the Seattle scene. It was and, a Seattle, yeah. And an then American other bands, thing. yeah, other bands popped up around it. So it wasn't really a UK thing. So I agree with you. Like at one time, like they were on the top of the charts. They they were two UK bands on the top of the charts. Oasis and Bush, absolutely right. So yep. um, yeah, it was kind of an interesting time for for UK bands at that time. Um, so they so, did. Uh, they did. They did break up at, at one point. I think uh, what was that? In the early two thousands, or, or they early, did. Yeah, earlier, they broke right? up. And they basically broke up uh, early two thousands, um, like two thousand three. I think um, they kind of had run run its course. I think that what really happened there was they put out um, um, a third album, and I think ninety nine or around there. Um, um it did go platinum as well so you know this is the third platinum album so that that was that that was a song which was the chemicals 
between us. Remember that song? The chemicals yes. between yes. us. Yep. Yeah. I think I do a pretty good gab and uh, I think you do a very good, yeah. Yeah. Um, anyway, <laughs> I think you do a very good gab. I think you could probably fill in if his if his vocals ever, you know, if he ever has like the vocal issues, uh, you know, like we talked about before, uh, you know, a few weeks ago on the pod, the uh, Bon Jovi. You know, you could you could fill in for him. You no, sound exactly like him. I couldn't really fill in for Bon Jovi. I mean, even that stuff is hard for me to sing these days. So uh, it's hard for John to sing. these days. I was going to say like, I can't really <laughs> sing Joe. I used to, I used to be able to do, I, I mean, I could do it, but I couldn't hit, I, I could probably sing to the level John was at, you know, maybe 10 years ago. <laughs> well, that would, that would be an accomplishment if you could do that now. <laughs> but maybe, mean, but no. could, could I maintain that kind of touring schedule and sing like that? Probably. Absolutely not. We can barely um, maintain the schedule for the podcast. I know, <laughs> geez, let alone let alone that. But um, anyway, so it looks like in um, yeah, their their fourth album, uh, Golden State, came out in two thousand one. It was kind of a flop. I think that the time had st- um, their time had passed. This is a common thing, right? Um, for bands, and they had a pretty good run. I think about three platinum albums, pretty good. And um, so that kind of ran its course, and of course. Once the um the gravy train stops, then things get kind of hard in bands. It's a kind of common story. And um, you know, and then and then, you know, it kind of fell apart from there and they and they broke up shortly there shortly thereafter in two thousand one or two thousand two. Yeah, um, then they kind of yeah. rekindled it in two well, not rekindled, it was just Gavin and, and a, basically a new band in two thousand ten and they started putting out new music again. And I'll tell you. I, I, you know, I hadn't really heard much about Bush in the last few years, but it, they, for whatever reason, they came across my radar, probably because of the, like the Apple algorithm or Spotify or whatever I happened to be listening to that day. Mm-hmm. And um, I heard a song off of their 2020 release, the 2020 release, The Kingdom. And I really enjoyed it. I got to tell you, I, I'm kind of like back into listening to Bush a little bit. I, I still think well, they can play. I really, like, at least I yeah. think, well, I shouldn't say they can still play because it's not the same band, but I think, you know, Gavin obviously can still play and he can still sing. Well, guess what? Um, guess what? It is. It is. It, uh, um, well, it's not the whole band, but it's actually Gavin Rosdale. So for the, when they kind of reunited in 2010, so they basically, they broke up around 2003, 2002, and then they came back in 2010. It was actually Chris Trainer, the lead guitar player and Gavin. So it's basically been Chris, Chris Trainer and Gavin Rosdale since 2010 that are making these albums that they put out, they put out like three or four albums in the last 12 years. So, um, you know, they're kind of, you know, like so many of the bands that we've talked about on this segment on the pod, they're kind of flying under the radar, kind of doing their things. But if you dig into it, there's some good material in there. Like you just said, Dave. So, yeah, I I'm yeah. telling you, I really, I actually really enjoy it. So I'm kind of going back to listening to Bush again. So it's, go. uh, and who you know we've who have we covered on this segment? We talked about Third Eye Blind. We talked about Tonic. We talked about Fuel, Fuel. All these guys. But again, like you said, these all these bands kind of flying under the radar. Tonic was, I mean, um, who was the band that we uh, we talked about with Tonic at the same time? Didn't we know it was Tonic? Tonic kind of was flying under yeah, the radar tonic too. In, in, yeah, Tonic and Third Eye Blind, and we we're talking about Live as well. So this yep. here's what's really interesting is like like I think. You know, this is, you know, both good and bad, but with like the the rise of of streaming and everybody having everything at their fingertips, I think these these bands have understood like, well, we still have a name 
people might remember us. Let's use that name and go out there and, and do some small tours and maybe smaller places, put out albums. Maybe we can sell some stuff and kind of revive this to some extent, which is pretty cool when you think about almost 30 years later, you know, these yeah. 25 years later, really, in some cases, uh, 30 years from when these guys put out their first album, um, 92 or 94, I guess. Yeah. Um, so they're almost there, they're like 28 years, but still, I mean, this, this is amazing that they're able to put out there and, you know, and people talk about them just like we are. So it's kind of cool. So if this yeah, was we, your thing, go check them out. Go check them out. Yeah. We, we talked about to your point about, uh, you know, that name still kind of existing in the, uh, in the in, in the music world as as the name we talked about Stephen jenkins the singer of uh, third eye blind and yeah. basically you know a whole new band there and yeah. why 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 was he keeping the whole thing together as third eye blind and to just to your point like the, just name recognition and being able to kind of go out there and and put music out there under that name and people oh yeah i remember third eye blind and a lot of people i think the, the casual music listener doesn't always understand that a lot of these bands that you used to like they're really not the same band anymore. There's a lot yeah, of, yeah. you know, not, but a, here's lot the, of, a lot of over, uh, you know, uh, turnover. But here's the other thing that's cool is a lot of them have been been going and doing music and putting out new material, like for for a while now. It just flies under the radar, and you just forgot about them. And you and you should, maybe we should check them out and see if they're still any good. So that's Who kind was of the other band we talked about around Tom. We were t- when the, the episode we talked about Tonic. And Third Eye Blind, there was another band, wasn't there? That was kind of like uh, really flying under the radar. Was it Fuel? Um, we, I know we did. Fuel. No, it wasn't Fuel. Maybe it oh, was geez. Tonic. I'm trying to. It was definitely. We definitely talked about Tonic. Tonic was kind of like a one-hit wonder, but they had a lot of success on that one hit. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So anyway, anyway, guys, you know, go check it. Go see what what Gavin and um and Chris Trainer, the lead guitar player, are doing. They did have a cool sound. I I agree. They definitely did. So. Um, well, the one place you will not be seeing these guys is at a blues jam, but you might be seeing Matt at a blues jam, <laughs> right? Matt? So anyway, yeah, I feel like this is the ultimate guitar dad thing. This is totally the ultimate like, guitar. This dad is thing. like guitar. This is the height of guitar daddery, which tell is, the good, tell the good folk what you just did, what you did a few weeks ago. Going to a blues jam is the height of guitar daddery because you go there, it's blues people are just playing solos and it's was it blues because they call it a blues jam or is it a blues jam because it's blues no (laughs) that's very philosophical it's like a a chicken it's like a chicken and egg that's like that's that's like metaphysical day um sorry i don't know man is that too deep that's a little bit too deep for us right now a couple glasses of wine in here anyway um but yeah so blues jams I figured we touch on this because this is not something we've talked about. And as guitar dads, like this is like I said, like this is where guitar dads live at blues jams. Right. So I think so. I actually um, have been getting into the blues. I've always been a, a fan of the blues and Dave and I have been a fan of the blues for a while. But I've recently started getting into old school blues. And like I've always listened to Hendrix and listened to his kind of blues stuff. I've always been a Clapton fan, just like everybody else. And Stevie Ray Vaughan, of course. But then I started finally kind of getting into this older blues, like BB well, King, the Three Kings, and even further back and listening to some of that stuff and getting into the Chicago blues stuff. Um, and like, I mean, just, how can you not love like a Freddie King? Oh yeah, I mean it's it's awesome. I mean, look, it's awesome, right? So you go back and listen to that stuff, and it's like cool. And that's the stuff that these guys. If you go to a real blues jam, you know, not all blues jams are created equal, and 
you know, I've been playing in different bands for a while now. And, and some, some people have said to me, well, why don't you come to this blues jam? And I've talked to some people and they're like, Oh yeah, that's lame and boring. Like, I don't think you should go. Um, but then like a few years ago, a place opened here locally to us in the Boston area. That is basically like for all intents and purposes, a blues bar. And it's been really attracting some good players and they started a blues jam up and they were posting stuff on Facebook. And I was like, Oh, that, that actually looks cool. Like that's kind of a little bit different from just your local, like, you know, you go to like your VFW on like a Tuesday night and there's a bunch of guys playing. Not that there's anything wrong with that. Like that's cool too. Right. Like if that's like the way you're going to get out there and play, like that's cool. But this is actually you, like a venue, right? And it's fun, but, right? So yeah, no. Go but ahead, don't Dave. you feel like you're? Don't you feel like a, that's really intimidating for something like that? Because you keep saying, "Why don't Why don't you come?" And like, I mean, I certainly would never. I can't. I hold a candle that kind of thing, and and jam. I, I'm just not that kind of player. But yeah, you're. You know, I'm just. It just the nerves would get to me. But the, I would feel like that's so intimidating to go there for the first time, get up on stage, and just kind of like you know fly by it because that's what blues is. Right. Like flying yeah, yeah. your pants. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. And kind of just going with it. And and uh, you know, but you weren't intimidated. You, you so I was time. a little bit intimidated, but 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 this is the thing, like people, like if you're not into blues, like I understand it, like you know, I can see how it's repetitive, but there's so much you can do in the 12 bar blues. And if you listen to these amazing players and what they've done over the years with it, it's just plain to see that there's so much you can do, and you can never really kind of go be like a master of the blues. You know what I mean? Like, of course, all the greats were right. But like, it just goes on and on. And no, there's so much yes. more to learn. So it's fun. Right. And playing with other and it, this, yeah, this is the other advice I'll give you. If you're a new kind of guitarist or you've never really gigged out, you know, and that's why I think this is where it works great for people, because people like dads that don't have a lot of time to commit to being in a band and putting in the rehearsal time and doing all this work. It's a great way to get up there and maybe learn how to play with people and have like a gig experience without, you know, actually committing to be in a real band. And um, and it's cool. And it kind of teaches you etiquette of how to be in a band and how to do things properly and listen to each other. All the key things. I, don't, I won't get into like this is everything you need to do at a blues jam. You can go and watch a bunch of YouTube videos and stuff about that. But it does teach you how to play and listen to other players, you know, musicians and understand what's going on. And it's a lot of fun and, and, and it isn't all that complicated and it's pretty accessible. If you can play 12 bar blues, you know, you understand how to get around all the different keys. Um, you can get up there and play, you know, and you don't, and this is the thing, if you're a beginner and you're intimidated, you don't have to solo when they give you the nod to solo, you don't have to, you can just tell them, you can pretend one thing that I heard on YouTube was just pretend you didn't see them nodding to you and they'll just, <laughs> I mean, move, like, and they'll just move right on. I mean, that's probably not the best thing, but you could just wave them off and say, no, no, go ahead. I, I mean, I how many people, times, how many times would I wave them off? I just keep waving them off all day because I'd be too nervous to play. Or you go, you tell them before you start the song, you just say, look guys, I'm just here to have a fun time and play in the background. Like I'm a newbie. Like don't, don't feel like you want to, um, I need to have a solo. And they, that's totally would be respectable. And they would look, everybody wants to play a solo on that stage. So if somebody not <laughs> doesn't want to play a solo, it's no skin off anybody's back. <laughs> yeah, right. So don't, there's so plenty don't, of people up there. Are gonna do yeah, it. there's plenty of people that will just like go on and on forever, you know, take all the choruses they need. Um, but, it, but, but it's fun and it, it really, you know, 
you know, I felt like I was a little bit intimidated by it because I wanted to kind of see the level of playing that was happening and how it was working. So I watched, this is my first time to one because I've always just played in cover bands and different other bands and haven't really been in an unrehearsed situation like that because I was always way too intimidated to do it. And it was actually a fun time. Like it was, you know, everybody was very welcoming. That's the thing. The advice that I give you is, you know, go and go to a place, kind of check it out, maybe even before you play and get a, get a sense for the players and the people and what it's going to be like. Like, don't show up. Like if you live like in a super like like a music place, like if you live in Nashville or L.A. or even some places in the South um, that are really like hardcore blues, like don't expect them to have a lot of patience with you as a beginner if it's a hardcore like a real players one. So go and go and seek out like VFW or whatever in your local town and, 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 and check it out and get into it and learn about it and learn how to do it. And you will have a fun time. It's, it's, it's fun when you're playing with other musicians, the whole thing, like the dragon, everybody is chasing is like, isn't just there. There's definitely players that you'll or will run into. And I think everybody that is familiar with blues jams knows this, but you know, there's definitely players you're going to run into who just want to just go on and on and play too loudly and, you know, are a little bit annoying, but for the most part, you know, there's people that are trying to have a good time and try to have like, get into a groove with other people, you know, cause that's the thing. Like if you want, you know, you can play at home and do that and listen to yourself over and over again. Of course, people want to do that out in public. So that's one thing, but I think it's a good thing to go out there, play with other people and understand what's going on. So it's a fun so- opportunity. Now we've, you've talked about wanting, uh, you know, a very like clean amp for a long time, but yeah, I feel yeah, like yeah. ever since you, ever since you went to this blues jam, oh, you've yeah. been really, you've been very kind of that, that whole idea has been really rekindled for you and you've been yeah, looking yeah. for one, right? So, so should we, should we yeah. transitioned into our, uh, yeah, let's gear? transition into the gear. So one of the things with the gear is, yeah. So Dave's right. So you know, one of the things that struck me at the blues gym is that everybody's like, they just, this was a good one that I went to. It was a good venue. Well, well, like run by a real great player, real pro guy. They had a good backline. Obviously the venue had invested in this nice backline of like real clean fender ramps, nothing like super fancy or anything, but these were like tube amps, like wasn't quite a deluxe, but it was something like a lot, like a hot rod kind of deluxe is what we, what we were working with. So nice, loud, clean amps. And, um, you know, and I was like, wow, like, it's kind of nice to play out of these loud, clean amps. It's kind of cool. Um, and, you know, just using your guitar knobs and, and pickups, and you know, how much of a variance in tone you can get without all the pedals and stuff. So that got me thinking about, okay, maybe I need to do more clean playing at home now with my band i use the hx stomp and for the most part because we play all kinds of different genres i pretty much use the deluxe the fender deluxe reverb thing in hx Stomp, the model in the hx stomp and that sounds so good and you know so because of that i was used to playing clean and i was able to kind of fall into it pretty easily but it'd still be cool to have one at home. I don't have one at home. I have a Marshall at home, two, two of them. And it's like, okay, maybe I need like a loud, clean thing just to kind of screw around with at home. So now you need, you need something. And I, you've been looking at, what have you been looking at? Lately? Because we, so we're going to so, get into this whole thing about the yeah. room aesthetic versus the sound. Yeah. Let's talk about that. So you're right. So Do you really, cause I was kind of surprised. I was, I let, listen, I'm going to be honest here. I was really blown away 
because of all the, <laughs> as long as I've known you and as long as you've been into guitar, tone has always been paramount to you, right? Now, when I sent you, when you sent me that, what you were looking at, and I said, you go get that amp. You said, I don't, you know, I don't know how it's going to look in my room. I was just what? Hey, man, you got to look. Is this at the a good- thing? Is this a thing for you guitar dads and, and moms out there and, and anybody else listening to this show? Does, does the look <laughs> in your space really matter yes. that much that you are actually going to turn down a great deal, whether it's on Reverb or Facebook Marketplace or a brand new thing out of Sweetwater or whatever, because it doesn't look good in, with the aesthetic of your room and the types of amps you have and guitars yes. and what have you. Wow. Yes. I, so I'm look. shocked. So we had a discussion about this on the Facebook page yes, on the group. So go go yeah. join the discussion there. But you know, I spent so for me uh, personally, I like I work work at home a lot of the time, and the room that you're looking at here is the room that I work in. So I'm looking at these things all day, you know. And yes, they they have a purpose, and I like to play them, and I do play them quite a bit. And they're the amps are on quite a bit, but for the most part, they're not on, and I'm looking at them as I'm working down here all day. So it's like, I can't get something that's going to totally screw up the aesthetic. It's going to mess up my feng shui, Dave. How is a, how is a deluxe reverb in, in, well, it was what, a specific type. It was a specific, it was the was Bordeaux. That, yeah. The yeah. Bordeaux. That was, Which you think yeah, I'd be was, into because I'm into red wine. How is that? <laughs> now, how is that? How does that not go with the aesthetic of your room? It might actually go pretty well. I have to think about it a little more and think about it. I mean, but now it's we're going to like, change paint colors. We'll have to go get well, swatches. No. <laughs> Suddenly you're going to be on HGTV. I was going to say, what is this like an HGTV show? <laughs> I mean, seriously. That, that's like a YouTube show that Dave and I are going to start, which is um, we renovate like studios and guitar caves. Yeah. And in fact, we're going to call it, it's going to be HGTV, except it's going to call it, be called High Gain TV. Oh, yeah. There you go. There you go. You heard it here first. Yeah, heard it here so, first. Um, so, so, yeah. So, but it's like the whole thing that's like, how am I? Because I have this set up behind me, which is really a head and cab thing. So it's like, where am I going to put a combo? I don't really have the space. I would have to put stuff down and maybe put it on top of one of my cabinets. I have to work. I have to think about that. Or like, we, where, like I have a big head here. Like, does that go? Where, where, <laughs> where does that go? Like, does that go on top of the combo or below it? So then I started thinking about, okay, what heads can I get uh, that are like a Fender clean, like a deluxe reverb kind of a head? And then I came across the tone head and imper- the tone king tone head. Tone, oh, tone head. You gotta get those tone head amps. They're the amazing. Tone head, those tone head the tone king imperial mark two, <laughs> which is an amp I came across, which I think everybody knows about tone kings are just incredible. Like they're basically like the 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 fender, um, like the deluxe re- reverb sound as well as the like the tweed sound in, in one amp, there's two different channels. So you get that kind of clean breakup on the tweed, and then you get that kind of sparkling tweed. That, well, you were looking at a purple clean. one. I don't think yeah. purple's going to go in that room. Yeah, but there was one like on sale on Reverb. If you're listening to this and it's still there, it's a scream and deal for one for under $2,000, brand new, um, a purple one on, on Reverb. And it looks really awesome. I'm very tempted by it, but I don't really need that kind of thing and that kind of expense when I can get one. I can get like a deluxe or even a Princeton for less than half the price of that, like a used one. So that's what I'm leaning towards. And I can still run a, a Princeton or a deluxe through one of through my cabinets if I really want to have an extension cabinet with those with those amps. 
So I don't know. So that's kind of where, where I'm stuck at now, Dave, is do I want to, do I just like break down and buy a deluxe? Cause to me, it's like, I also like to have the option to be able to bring it to a gig or a jam or something. So like maybe a combo is a good thing just to have in my arsenal for those reasons. So I should probably just find a good used, you know, like a deluxe and just end it. I think that's, I think you just, I think that's where you're headed. And I think that's where you're going to land. Just land the plane now and enjoy it. Yeah. Enjoy, enjoy the destination. Don't (laughs) worry about the the journey. Enjoy that. Yeah. At some point you're on a journey. You have to get to your destination. I think you just, I think you've been pining over a, a really super clean amp and you've looked at the, you've looked at Princeton's and reverbs before. And I think yeah. that you just have to kind of, you know, land this thing in and bite the bullet and do it. Land the plane. Well, Dave's got the hot rod deluxe behind him, which is. I'd be talking about lo- loud. That is loud. Well, that's, what's cool about the deluxe. This is a 40 watt amp. I mean, that's, 40 yeah, watt. that's a, that's a, that's a lot. I mean, you're talking, if you get like a deluxe, yeah. what, are, what are they like? 22, 20. They're tw- yeah, no. the deluxe reverbs are 22 watts. So yeah. you can, so like you can crank, like they're still incredibly loud, but you could crank when you crank them up, they still get that nice natural breakup. You're not going to get natural breakup with that, with that hot, hot rod until it's blaringly loud. No, so then I got to be way out of the room to do it. You know? Yeah. 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 So that's the, that's the difference with the, with the deluxe. And plus you get like really nice reverb, really nice tremolo, you know, so it's that kind of thing. So I'm, um, uh, although you got reverb in the hot, the hot rods are just this is there's a reason why they're like one of the most popular amps ever is because the hot rods are great. They you do know? sound good. I, mean, I do like for, the sound. For, if you want clean headroom at a low price, there isn't much. It's a great. That is a great, and really good. Rod. No, and it's yeah. a really good pedal platform as we talked totally, about before. Oh, totally. I think for my purposes, we're mainly I'm playing it at home. I think the deluxe. You know, in case I ever do want to play an amp with a band again, even though I play with the. Um, you know, the HX stomp. Now, um, if I ever did play with a band again, it, it would be a good thing to do. Cause you'd have clean headroom that could keep up with the drummer and you could put pedals to it. It sounds great. So there's a reason why those are just great all around amps and are iconic. Amps. So I think you're right, Dave, that's where I'm headed. So, well, speaking of know. pedals in my yeah. pedal obsession, yeah, go for it. As we finish up this podcast, uh, and we haven't done gear for a while, so we it's haven't kinda... been into gear in a while. So yeah, it's been, it, it's been a minute. Um, so I did. I did finally purchase a uh, a few new pedals. I, I got. Uh, I got the 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 Wampler Pantheon. I did not get the Deluxe, although I kind of went back and forth on that. But uh, if, it, if those of you who don't know that the Pantheon is uh, is Brian Wampler's take on like the the, the Blues Breaker circuit, right? The transparent yep. overdrive. But it's got a lot more than that. And I really, I think it's. I love it. You have one of them, and you you were the one that convinced me. I love me it. Again. I love it. It's yeah. such a great. It's it does a, so many different things. Yeah. And in the in Wampler's uh, Pantheon is so good because it has basically three d- different gain stages and you can do like anything from like just barely broken up to like yep. full on to, almost to full on high gain. Yeah. 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 I mean, you really can. such a great, and just the tone, you know, Wampler, if you're, you know, you guys probably all know about Wampler pedals, but he's got such an ear for gain and you know, his gain pedals are just, second to none they're incredible they really are yeah, yeah. i got a number of his pedals but yeah um i also picked up i finally picked up the keely dark side which is Ooh. basically like you know david gilmore in a box yeah um and it does it does the thing it, it really does. It, does it. it does it does the thing i mean if you want that pink floyd sound that david gilmore sound i mean you certainly i certainly can't 
and we're near playing like them, but um, it, in terms of the sound yeah. and the way you can kind of dial in, you know, it's got a, it's got an interesting, um, you, you, you know, you can kind of blend, you know, different, like a, you know, Univibe or a phaser and a flanger and a, a like, I forget what the other, um, the, the fourth one is, but you can kind of, you can decide to either use all or nothing or, uh, or, or blend the two. And then it's got a great delay and then you can add the fuzz. So you can, the, but the delay you can't use with all the other effects. It's like you okay. can either use the delay or you got, or you have to use the other, the other modulation nice. effects, but it also has a pretty workable fuzz at, on its own. So That's it's incredible. actually really what an fuzz. incredible yeah. pedal. It's a great pedal. It's, it's, it's really so it, cool. And I also picked up a, uh, on a complete whim, just walking into guitar center and seeing in the used rack. Um, yeah, let's hear it. A PG 14, a PG, the Paul, the, the Paul Gilbert, pedal, the, uh, JHS, uh, Paul Gilbert oh, signature. Oh, the one with like the sneaker on it, which is a really cool distortion oh, pedal. I gotta say, those of you cool. don't know Paul Gilbert, I mean, you know, Mr. Big fame. And he's a, if you don't know who Paul Gilbert is, but, um, yeah, it's a, it's a really cool. I've been just starting to kind of toy around with it. I've only had it for about a week, but I was going to uh, just tell you about it on the podcast because that's awesome, how I Dave. roll. Awesome. You know? What are you yeah. running that through, I'm, Dave? Are you running it through the hot rod? Or you like, do you like to? Oh, you're you, you, you going through the origin. With that. I got a set. Well, I, this is like a second. I got like a second pedal, a smaller pedal board going on now yeah. because I've taken, I have, because I'm so pedal obsessed that we know, you know, I know we know. We, we've talked about this so many times on this podcast. But yeah, no. So I'm kind of have like a second little pedal board going on where I put the dark sign. I got the I got the, I put the, the the Paul Gilbert pedal on there, and a, and I put the the Wampler Clarksdale um, on there, and a, and, a, and a few other things. But yeah, so no, I I think it's a it's it's actually a really versatile kind of distortion ish distortion pedal that you can do. It does a little bit other things, you know. So. It does other um, things. Can, it kind of does other things. You can kind of you can dial the game down. It's got this uh, interesting push knob on it. So okay, so we we'll get it. We'll get into it another pod. We have okay. a little bit more time. We'll get in a little yeah. more time, but it, but it yeah. So you can also use it as like an overdrive kind of thing or a boost. Yeah, yeah. It has yeah. very versatile. Yeah, I've seen. I remember that when that one came out. Very cool, man. Well, there you go. There's some so gear they, talk. There was our gear talk. I think that was long. That was long overdue. We haven't done gear in a yeah, long time. Yeah, we'll make sure we get more to more gear. I think in the future because we got a lot of gear ideas floating around in our heads. So and if you guys want to hear about that too, definitely um, you know toss us a comment on Instagram at Guitar Dad's Pod. We're posting on there all the time. Join our Facebook group, as Matt said, um, at Guitar Dad's Podcast. No questions asked. You're in. No questions asked, baby. You're in. You're in, baby. <laughs> Join the small but mighty group. What did you call small but mighty? Small yep. but mighty. Small but yep. mighty. Yeah, they're they're awesome, we, and it's growing. So we we'd love, love to, to have you. you. Love to yeah. have you. Thanks for coming. And it's been a really fun ride. So thank you all out there who have been listening week to week, or any of you new listeners th- this time around. We we appreciate it. you. Definitely, you know, f- hit that follow, subscribe button. Although you know how to do it, just do all that you stuff. Know, do all that stuff. Tell just your to, friends. Tell your friends, you know, it really yeah. helps us out, helps us grow. And, and we're really having a good time doing this thing. So we really want to see it kind of get to uh, a different level so we can bring you guys who are really in charge of this whole thing, some better content. Yes. Yes. So thank you so much. Is that it, Dave? 
Yeah, I think that's uh, that might be it. Uh, that's this week's Guitar Dads podcast. Keep rock alive. We'll catch you on the flip.